You with me? Speak to me, Lord. Okay, everybody doesn't have it. John 1, verse 29. And it reads, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 15, 16. Just flip over a couple of pages. John 15, 16. And it reads, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. There's a song, a popular song out by a young lady by the name of Ann Wilson. And the name of the song is, Let Me Tell You About My Jesus. I really like that song. And I, I like the song because he makes a way when there is no way. He turns the midnight into day. There is no sinner that he can't save. Mm. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Amen. I like that song because of the word, my Jesus. Mm. I don't know what that does to you, <laughs> but that does, it, it does an emotional thing inside of me because I'd love to refer to Jesus as my Jesus. Amen. And the reason that I love to say it that way is because it just reinforces in me that Jesus and I, we got a thing going on. Amen. It just reinforces inside of me that Jesus and I, we have a personal relationship. Amen. And the thing that boggles my mind is that Jesus chose me. <laughs> we just read it in John 15. It boggles my mind that not only can I refer to him, Desiree, as my Jesus, but I can know inside of my spirit that he chose me personally. And the beauty of that is that each and every one of you in here this morning Amen. That go by the name of Christ. Amen. You can say the same thing for mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. Amen. That Jesus chose you personally. Amen. And when you say those words, there's got to be, there's got to be a certain amount of joy. And there's got to be a certain amount of excitement Amen. that goes on inside of you. When you can make a claim like that. Amen. So because of that, what I want to do this morning is let's talk about Jesus. Amen. Our scripture text this morning that we read in John 129, when we're talking about this Jesus that just blows my mind, 
The scripture checks in 129 says that John the Baptist saw Jesus approaching mm -hmm. and he turns around and he says, behold the Lamb of God. Mm. So when I talk about my Jesus, God wants me to see first and foremost, okay, that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Now, I said, okay, Lord, what, what should I get from that? The fact that God refers to Jesus as the Lamb of God. And the thing that God showed me, he says, in the Old Testament, in the day that Jesus lived, what they would do, the Jewish people would do every morning and every evening, they would sacrifice a lamb to pay the penalty for their sins. For hundreds and hundreds of years. I, I, I need that to kind of permeate in your mind. And if you don't believe they did it every morning and every evening, read Exodus 29, 38. Oh, oh thank you. At uh, any rate, they did this for hundreds and hundreds of years. And the reason that they had to continue sacrificing these lambs over and over again was because no lamb that they sacrificed was able to take away their sin. Amen. But then, but then came Jesus. Uh, they, you know, when John said these words, behold the lamb of God, he expected the people to understand what it was that he was talking about when he referred to Jesus. And he's telling them, in effect, the sacrificial system that you have been going by, your ancestors went by, your ancestors, ancestors all of that is now being abolished. Amen. Because the Lamb of God, the Lamb, the true Lamb of God, is going to come into this world, or has come into this world, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Let's talk about this Jesus for a minute. I want you to understand when they sacrificed the lambs in the Old Testament, as I said, it didn't take away their sin. The only thing it did was to cover over their sin. Now that's important for you to get it in your mind to understand it covered over their sin. They could be forgiven because their sins were covered. But their sin was never completely taken away. You got to know that. You got to understand that. And, and, and I, when I tried to think about how to make this plain to you, I thought about when I was a little girl, they used to whitewash fences. I don't know how many in here is old enough to know that beside me. But whitewash was like a paint. But it wasn't a paint. It wasn't as thick as a paint. But they would whitewash the fences and the fences would look all white and clean and sparkling like they were brand new. But as time went on and the rain would come and the snow would come, the whitewash on the fence would start to fade away. And when the whitewash on the fence faded away, the same old dirt and stain that was on there originally 
was still there. This is kind of sort of what we're talking about when they sacrificed these lambs and they applied the blood to cover over their sins. But I want you to notice what this scripture says in John 1.29. It said, behold the Lamb of God who does what? Takes away. Takes away. Takes away your sin. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I titled this sermon this morning when mercy called my name. I want you to understand when I was 32 years old, mercy called my name and started to reveal to me exactly who this Jesus was that I was had been taught about all the time during as a child. But I had never come to know this Jesus personally for myself until I was 32 years old. But one day, mercy called my name and God said, I'm going to bring you into the kingdom and I'm going to reveal to you the things about this Jesus. That's why I like to say, let me tell you about my Jesus because one day mercy called my name and started teaching me all about who this Jesus is that we say that we love and we serve. So I said, okay, Lord, one day you called my name and you restarted revealing to me who Jesus was. Show me a text that I can give to the people so they can start getting a better understanding of just who this Jesus is. So he told me to turn to Psalms 103, verse 8 through 12. Let me tell you about my Jesus. I'm emotional with this sermon because my Jesus is so important to me. I'm emotional about this sermon because my Jesus is not a curse word that I use when I stump my toe. I'm emotional about this sermon because one day mercy called my name and God brought me into the kingdom of God to reveal to me the truth about my Jesus. Why? So I could teach and share them with you. Oh, brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't know what that does to you, but that excites me. How can you know a little bit about my more? What can I show you to help you know a little bit more about my Jesus? Psalm 103, starting with verse 12, 8, 8. It said, the Lord, my Lord, my God is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Let me tell you about my Jesus. My Jesus is a compassionate God. My Jesus is a gracious God. And God showed me when he called me by name. He said, Joanne, I want you to know that I'm, I'm slow to anger. I, I know all the things.
things that you did in your past. I know all the things that are, are on your record, but I want to show you about this Jesus because this Jesus will wipe every single solitary one of those things that you did. He will not only cover them over, hallelujah, he will take them away. Hallelujah. He will not only come so that uh, when the rainstorm comes or whatever and washes off the whitewash, you can still see all my sin. No, God said no. Hallelujah. God said he takes away my sin. Hallelujah. And not only will he take away my sin, but God says that he is abounding in love. Yeah. The next verse says, and this is this, this. This describes Jesus so perfectly. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Scripture says he does not treat us as our sins say that we should be treated. And it says that he does not repay us in the way that we deserve. If God repaid me, I'm not even going to talk about you because I I don't know all of your story. But if God repaid me the way I deserve to be repaid, I'd be dead. I would physically be dead by now. But one day, God allowed mercy to call my name. But it also says in the next verse, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love towards those who reverence him. Thank you, Lord. Let me tell you about my Jesus. You want to try and explain his love? You want to just take his love for granted? How can you take his love? So how can you be lukewarm toward a God like this? How can you be lukewarm where you, you know, you serve him, you don't want to serve him, you come to church, you don't come to church, whatever, whatever. God says, how can you love somebody like that when his love for you is higher than the earth? The Amen. sky is from the earth. Amen. Amen. You can't be lackadaisical with Thank Jesus. You, you, you can't be lackadaisical with Jesus. You, you got to be all in or you got to be all out. I remember Jesus telling the church, I think it was Laodicea. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. But he says, I wish you were hot for me or cold against me. But I'm tired of you being lukewarm. I'm tired of you putting me on the back burner. I'm tired of you making me second choice. God said, I want you to be hot, 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 fire in love with me. Hot, burning hot, fire in love with me. And you know what? It says, as far as the east is from the west. Didn't we just read in John 129 that he takes our sin away from us? Didn't we just read that? But look at this verse, the 12th verse. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions 
from us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there should have been a shout that went up from this place. Jesus said, uh, John said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, who takes away uh, uh, Michael's sin, who takes away Tom's sin, who takes away Katrina, takes it away and removes it from them as far as the east. Do you know the east and the west can never come together? You no matter how long you travel east, you'll never run into uh, run into it again. I can't remember how it goes, but at any rate, God said, as far as the east is from the west. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. As long as you're traveling east, you'll always be traveling east. You'll never run into the west. Amen. Never. That's how far God removed, removed, removed. David, he removed your sin. God said, if he removed our sin, why is it that we want to continue living in our sin? God said, look at 1 Corinthians verse 6, I mean, chapter 6, verse 20. If he removed us from our sin, why is it that we want to continue living in our sin? I tell you the truth. 6, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. Look at this. Everybody have it. Speak to me, Lord. I'm going to give you a minute to get it. We got one. Okay. Everybody got it. You were brought. Look at this. You were brought with a price. You were brought with a price. Therefore, honor God. And another King James Version, it says, glorify God. With your body. Are you glorifying God? He's not talking about glorifying as far as, far as exercising. He said exercising is good for least, But he said it's not as good as spiritual exercise. Physical exercise. He says physical exercise. Thank you Lord. Will profit you to a point. But a physical exercise has nothing to do with your eternal salvation. So where do you spend more of your time? With spiritual exercising or physical exercising. God says your bodies are to glorify God. Are you glorifying God with your body? You say, Pastor, you got to realize I'm only human. So I'm going to sin sometime. I'm going to fall into sin. I'm not going to glorify God all the time with my body. God said that's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't have to sin. You choose to sin. Once you have been saved, before you were saved, sinning came naturally. But after you're saved, sinning is doing the unnatural thing. And you choose to do it. God said here, glorify God with your body. Well, he would not tell you to glorify God with your body if you couldn't help yourself from sinning. Amen. Do you understand? Do you Amen. understand that? Amen. Okay, turning your Bibles. You say, I can't help but sinning. God said that's a lie from the pit of hell. Turning your Bibles to John, the eighth chapter, verse 36. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. John 8, 36. God, speak to me, Lord. 
So if what? The son has done what? Set you free. You are what? Free indeed. If the son has set you free, isn't that what scripture tells us that Jesus did? He broke the chains of sin and death over us. So when you walk around saying, I can't help but sin because that's my nature, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You're doing it because you have not chosen to let it go. Amen. You have not chosen to let it go. God said, if the son has set you free, you are free indeed. Now, there's two things that you got to get from this verse. And don't allow Satan to make, me, like, make you lose me. There's two things. From this verse, you got to see what you've been set free from. And this verse, you got to see what you've been set free to. You got to see what you've been set free from. And you got to see what you've been set free to. You got that? Okay. So what have we been set free from? We know we've been set free from death. We've been set free from sin. We've been set free from the penalty of sin. You don't have to worry, walk around worrying about what's going to happen to you when you die because you have been set free from the penalty of sin. God already showed us. We just saw it where he told us, he says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. So you have been set free from the guilt. Listen to this. Get this from your head because guilt is a powerful weapon of the enemy. Yes, it is. Guilt is a powerful weapon of the, and he will use guilt to keep you down. Yes, he will. Okay, so God said, I have freed you from sin. I've freed you from death and hell, and I have freed you from the uh, guilt of sin. What has he freed you to? Now, you need to write this down. He has freed you to. We got some yawning in here. We got some people sleeping. Okay, he has set, set you free. He has fret, fret. He has set you free to, to have the capacity to love in the way that God loves you. Because when you walk around and you're free from the guilt and the penalty of sin, right? Then you have a freedom to love, to love the way God loves. You cannot truly love when you are burdened down by guilt and, and, and condemnation about what you did in the past. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? Yes. You cannot truly love. You can truly love God and you can truly love anybody else if you're always burdened and laden down by the guilt and the uh, condemnation of what you did in the past. Amen. So you have been set free to love. You have been set free to have joy in your life. Amen. 
to have joy. Where is your joy? Amen. Where is your joy? God said he has redeemed you. He has paid the price. He has done. Where is your joy? Amen. You cannot have true joy if you have not been set free. Do you see that? Do you understand that? Who the son has set free. You cannot experience the peace of God. You've been set free to have peace. Do you have peace? Amen. Do you have peace inside of you? Do you have peace in your heart? Do you have peace toward other people? God says, when you realize that you've been set free to have peace, Jesus said what? I came to give you what? Peace. 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 And came to give you life in that more abundantly. But he said that, uh, thank you, that he is, uh, no, no, that's okay, that he is peace, peace personified. And the last thing I can say, and it's not the end of the sermon, he set you free so that you can enjoy life. Amen. Amen. How many of you enjoy life? I, 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 would, I would dare to say this. There's some in here this morning that don't enjoy life. You don't enjoy. You're, you're so burdened. And, and uh, you know, when you wake up in the morning, instead of having a spirit of gratitude, wow, he opened my. For, I don't know how maybe the last month. Uh, I don't know what it is. Probably because I'm getting older. But when I wake up in the morning, besides telling, saying, God, good morning, and I love you, and this is the day, I now say, Lord, wow. You gave me another opportunity to live. You gave me another opportunity to live. There's so many people that have not been granted that opportunity. So how can you walk around and not have joy? Let me tell you about my Jesus. My Jesus said, I came to give you life, as you just said, and give you life more abundantly. An abundant life is not walking around, oh, woe is me. Oh, my family is driving me crazy. Oh, my, I don't have this financial thing that I want. Or I don't have this thing going on, this health going on in my body. God said, you got to have joy because you got Jesus. You got to have joy because you got Jesus. Because if you got Jesus, you got exactly what you need to handle whatever situation that you are going through in this life. Mercy called my name. When mercy called my name, God started teaching me what it meant to live a life of peace and love and joy. Let me tell you about my Jesus. God tells us, that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, I want you to notice one last scripture, and with this, I will get ready to take you home. Turn in your Bibles to Revelations. Revelations 5, verse 6. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Revelations 5, verse 6. Jesus is the Lamb of of God, right? Yes. Who takes away the sins of the world. Yes. Okay, now we know when John introduced Jesus, he introduced Jesus as the Lamb of God, right? Yes. In the book of Revelations that we're getting ready to look at, we see John the Apostle referring to Jesus as the Lamb of God. 
The Old Testament prophets, when they referred to Jesus, they talk about a lamb that would be led to the slaughter. Remember? Okay. In the first Peter, when Peter was talking about Jesus, he referred to Jesus as the lamb of God who uh, says that we have not redeemed, been redeemed through silver or gold, but through the precious shed blood, hallelujah, of a lamb without spot and blemish. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what he said? Let's look at this lamb one last time. Verse five, uh, Revelations five, verse six. Then I saw a lamb looking as it as if it had been slain. I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into this world. You say, Pastor, what is this talking about? John the Revelator, he sees a lamb that looks like it had been slain, looks like it had been killed. But I want you to notice something. This lamb that he saw is not laying on the altar. The lamb that he saw that looked like it had been killed is not laying in a casket. This lamb that was slain that looked like it had been put to death is not laying in a bed. What is this lamb doing? Scripture said it's standing. Hallelujah. It's standing. It's standing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. This lamb that was slain is standing. Thank you, Lord. In the midst of the throne. Of Almighty God. My brothers and sisters in Christ, look at the description of this lamb. We always look at Jesus meek and humble as a lamb and all of this, right? But scripture says that this lamb, and I'm not going to ask y'all to explain it to me because I'm not going to put you on the spot. But it said the lamb had seven horns. Now anybody on Wednesday Bible study should remember that horn is a symbol of what? Somebody from Wednesday Bible study. We've been talking about the ram and the horn and the goats and the horn. What did the horn represent? Nobody. Okay. The horn represents power. The horn represents the number seven represents what? Look at our sign. Completion. Perfection. So it's saying this lamb that was slain has perfect and complete power throughout the heavens and throughout the entire earth. This lamb that was slain is omnipotent, all-powerful. Amen? This lamb that looked like it had been put to death that is now standing with all power in his hand. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Not only did he have seven horns, but he had seven eyes. Anybody in here want to venture a guess of what the seven eyes symbolize? Desiree, were you raising your hand? Okay, scratch your head. Anybody? All seeing. All seeing. All seeing. Omniscient. The all-knowing. So it's saying this slam, slam, this lamb that was slain was not only all-powerful, but this lamb that was slain is all-knowing. All-knowing. 
His eyes stretch from one end of the earth to the other. And it says in this scripture, which I'm not going to ask you to explain, and I'm not even going to explain it to you now, but it said that the seven eyes represents the seven spirits that God sent out into the world. Do not think that this means that there's seven Holy Spirits. It's talking about when it said the seven, that he is totally and completely, Jesus is totally and completely filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He has the Holy Spirit without measure. And, and perhaps next week I'll explain to you what those seven, their attributes of the Holy Spirit is that is manifested in Jesus' life. Let me tell you about my Jesus. One day, God, in his mercy, we just read it in our, script, in our, in our scripture. Yeah. When we were formed in God's womb, in our womb, God, our mom's womb, God knew our name. Yeah. He knew who you were when you were a twinkle in your mom's eye. That's how precious you are to Jesus. So I'm asking you now, if you will, to come back next week. And perhaps, because I'm not sure, God will show you how this lamb turned into a lion. Amen. Because you know that Jesus is referred to as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Dear God, I thank you for taking me through it. I just love talking about you, Lord. And I, I want people just not just to see you as, okay, some man called you. Lord, I want them to understand. And I know you want them to understand because that's what the world needs. They need to know about this Jesus. They need to know about the love and the compassion that you have for each and every one of us. They need to know that you are willing not to hold our sins against us. Yes, they Lord. need to Thank know you, that Jesus. there is hope in Christ Jesus. Lord God, this is what you have told us is our Father's business, and we yes. are to be about our Father's business. Yes. So, Lord, I ask you just to... Do what only you can do with this yes, word. Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, amen. Amen. amen.